0: Omagana Two words have been used here in this verse for anger. Anger for the quality of being angry and anger. And both of them have been combined with intensified to give the idea of great anger. Anger as it is is an intense emotion. Different kinds of emotions. Boredom is one kind of emotional feeling, but it's not intense. Sometimes you say intense boredom. But it's not intense as anger is. Anger by its very nature is very strong. So, to be greatly angry, to be greatly angry, that means it's very intense. There are different levels. In different languages you'll find different words. So we say someone is irritated. It means there's little anger, but not very much. And there are different levels. You say Anger, that's a general term. There are words in English like rage and fury. In Sanskrit also the word is a kop. Krod means general anger, but kopa means very great, tremendous anger. So, when the Supreme Lord gets angry, it's intense, and he's meeting up with a similarly intensely angry person, namely the demon Hiranyaksha, feeling very, great anger. example is given like a cobra. Snakes are by nature angry anyway. You'll find that, just like among human beings, you'll find different kinds of people. Sometimes we say someone is a very mild natured person. That means that, in general, they're very mild. And even if there is some cause for agitation, they generally remain calm and cool. Then you find people, some people are angry by nature. People have different kinds of natures they have acquired through the modes of material natures. But a snake is by nature angry. All of them. their tendency is to be angry. You don't you don't find a like a very you, know, you don't think of a relaxed and peaceful snake. Snake is by nature always angry, always ready to bite at any time, but, but for no reason. Even if not agitated, even if not given cause for agitation. A snake is by nature always angry. And So if you do give a cause to a snake to become angry, then you'll become more angry. That strong feeling of anger and that can be agitated more and more. So the example is given that Hiranyaksha is like an agitated snake, very angry. Up till now, because he's a demon, he's been terrorizing the universe. People, they talk about terrorism as a modern phenomenon. But it's nothing new. As Prabhupada used to say, there's nothing new in the universe. Every day the sun is rising in the east, it's setting in the west. Anyway, just like you see the advertisements, new. New surf. That means the old surf they were advertising before, they were advertising it was so great, actually it wasn't so wonderful, by their own admission. Because now they have new surf, which is better than old surf. Even better. Put service, new. There's nothing new. You see, they say, we're inventing things. are not inventing anything. Every Kali Yul, the the, the karmis, they make some Ugra karma and so called inventsa and make a big mess. There's nothing new about it. Just different combinations and permutations and so. Otherwise it's the same thing going on. Janma jiravi Adi. Same miserable life is going on in different ways. So they say that it is uh now the terrorists they have They're very afraid that terrorists, of course, what they say, terrorists, that means they're just a terrorist means the American government doesn't recognize them. They themselves are terrorists. If you, From a different point of view, they're also, if they don't like people, they bomb them and blast them to pieces. From the average Afghani person sitting in a hut somewhere, the American, from their point of view, Americans are also terrorists, because they're in charge of the world, so they think. They call everyone else a terrorist. And we are fighting for peace and justice and liberty and all these other things. But actually it is uh, terrorism. That means to unnecessarily inflict harm on others. With no reason except just to get your own way. Or just sometimes for the pleasure of giving pain to others. A demon is called Paradukasuki. He takes pleasure in seeing others' distress. It's not an uncommon. It's like you see, the young boys, they go to the college. In many cases, the, the older boys, they'll harass them and beat them and and just completely mistreat them totally. That's normal in many colleges, especially these boarding schools, what they call it. Residential schools. That the older students, when the new batch comes in, they just, they beat them and they urinate on them and all kinds of things. And then they treat them, bully them. And they treat them as slaves. And then when they become the older batch, they do it to the next. Parampara it goes on, generation after generation. And they just take, they just take pleasure in giving pain to others and humiliating them. It's demoniac propensity. Dambho darbo vimanas cha krodha parishya cha adyam cha dijate japa dasambalam asu. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna explains that these qualities, pride, see, arrogance, harshness, anger, they're all born of ignorance and they're prominent in the demons. So, there's nothing new with this terrorism. You find that at the beginning of the universe, there were two brothers, Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha. And Hiranyaksha was Prabhupada uses that word, terrorizing the universe. Just taking play. There's nothing actually to be gained from conquering over other people, but just the pleasure of thinking, I'm in control, they have to do what I say. That's the pleasure. It's a, it's a strongly motivating factor, like an intoxicant for the people. They desire power. Why should you desire power? In such a, you have to administrate or oversee. It's such a headache. But they like to have the feeling, I am in charge here. Because that is imitation of Krishna. Krishna is actually in charge. But the demons, they have the feeling, Ishvara ha bhogi. I'm the controller. I'm the enjoyer. Others should serve me. They should be subordinate to me. The demons, they feel pleased when they see Someone is afraid of them. There's a story of Stalin. There were different people. They were discussing political strategies. And Stalin said, how to control the people. Stalin said, I'll show you. Bring me one chicken. So he brought one chicken and he he held it. And alive, he pulled every feather out of its body. And he just threw it down on the floor. And the chicken came running around his feet. Because the chicken understood, this man can kill me if he likes. I'm completely in his control. So the chicken surrendered at his (laughs) non-lotus boots. So that's a political strategy, how to control the people. By fear. The demons, they imitate the Supreme Lord. Actually, the Supreme Lord doesn't control out of fear. He controls out of love. In the material world, that factor is there. Because the material world is not the world of love. The material world is the place of fear. In Bhagavatam, it stated that in the material world, those who are in the material world, their consciousness is opposite of what it's supposed to be spiritual existence means to be in the condition of fearlessness where there is fearlessness there can actually be love that's why Gorya Vaishnava philosophy it's actually if we if we uh, dispassionately or neutrally examine we can understand that Gorya Vaishnava philosophy is the topmost Philosophy, the topmost theology, because it is based on pure love of Krishna without awe and respect. Because that awe and respect, that's also based on there's some element of fear. Oh, He is very great. I am very small. But in Goraksha philosophy, the devotee is so intimate with Krishna that he climbs on His back. The cowherd boys. They will climb on the back of Krishna. Or punish Krishna. Adi Yashoda is punishing Krishna. She's not afraid of Krishna. Krishna is afraid of her. This is inconceivable for those who are still motivated with a feeling of how the Supreme Lord is very great. Some fear is there. Actually, as long as we're in material consciousness, as long as we're affected by material consciousness, we can't properly understand this fearless feeling of love that Krishna shares with devotees in Vrindavan. It's necessary for us in our present position to cultivate an understanding of the Supreme Lord as the Supreme Great. Because if we don't submit to Him, then our tendency is to submit to Maya. Some element of fear. That's also good, because we don't have love for Krishna. So we should understand. Well, if I don't follow what Krishna says, then I'll go to hell. That's the beginning stage of God realization. Some religious processes they rec- they emphasize this so much, especially Christianity and Islam and probably Judaism. I don't have much experience. Of it. They emphasize if you don't if you don't believe in the Bible and you go to burn in hell forever. So it's not a very highly developed theology. I mean, when I was about ten years old, I was brought up with all this, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should go to hell. You no know, burning in hell, that's bad, but having to live with that jerk who burns you in hell forever even worthy. Why do you want to be with him in heaven? Better go to hell. He's such a such a nasty person. If you don't believe in him for one lifetime, then you go to hell and burn there forever. So after ten years of being drilled with Christian propaganda, the result was I became an atheist at the age of ten. Then later on I thought, well actually there must be God. It's just that these people, they don't know anything about it. So they're way, way off. So, fear, fear of God. Yes, fear God. There was a song we had to use to sing at school. It's some American black slave hymn. There. I will smite em ad infinitum. This is God's name. Smite em means like to smash them. Ad infinitum. And then they say you're supposed to love this person. <laughs> I love you. That's not love. Fear and love they don't combine very well. They don't combine. This material world is the world of fear. The persons who are most revered in this material world are those who invoke the most fear. That's why we find that in Russia Stalin was highly respected. You probably don't know. Your grandparents will know. You have to respect such a powerful person. Of course, he's only a little fly in front of Krishna. But that feeling is, I'm so powerful. Anything, Ravana, Prabhupada in this couple is an example of Ravana. He was so powerful. He enjoyed giving distress to others. His very name, Ravana, means he who makes others Cry. He who causes others distress. stress. So that was his pleasure, causing others distress. stress. Eventually he met his match in the personage of Lord Ram, who is infinitely more powerful than him, and actually even Ravana's strength comes from Ram. Then at that time, he prayed to Lord Shiva. So this means that actually even though he was invoking fear in others and because of the power that he had, he appeared to be fearless. Actually, he was also fearful. If he was fearless, then he wouldn't have prayed to Lord Shiva, now you please protect me. He was actually fearful. So you'll find that these people who appear to be fearless, I'm not afraid of anyone. Actually, they're afraid. Everyone is afraid. That is the condition of material life. But they like to show I'm not afraid. They're ashamed, they feel ashamed to think I'm afraid because they want to show that I am like God, I'm very powerful, I'm a great enjoyer. So they have to show that I'm not afraid of anything. And sometimes just to show that they're not afraid, they do ridiculous things. Very risky things. They'll, they'll drive a motorbike very fast, press right into the oncoming traffic. They'll do things just to show I'm not afraid. And the result may be that they'll, uh, you know, they'll be reduced to a bloody pelt in the middle of the road. They're running that risk. But they like to, just how like you see the drivers on the yes. roads in India, the truck drivers. They come right at each other and neither of them wants to get out of the way. And many times what happens is that that's it. They lose their life like that. But they want to show that you know, I'm the boss. I'm not getting out of the way for you. And even if I die, I'm not a afraid. Stupid. But they have this sense of false prestige. You see here. Sometimes they write on their truck, king of the road. <laughs> Actually, they're just, you know, some paid employees. A truck driver. Just another truck driver going around place to place. But they, everyone likes to have this thing, I'm the boss here, I'm the controller, I'm not afraid of anyone. Others are afraid of me. This is the demoniac mentality, which, you see, in a person like Hiranyakashipu, it's it's very clear. He's just an out and out, straightforward demon, that's all. Fully accomplished, you could say. Just like Salad Maharaj addressed Hiranyakashipu. Asuri of You are the best of us. You. you are the topmost demon. You are fully a demon. We have to admit that every cell in your body is demoniac. It's, every cell in your body is vibrating with calm, crow, low, moha, mother and especially matsarya. Envy of others. Bad will to others, but in the case of what we might call ordinary, normal people, it may not be so apparent. There was a very interesting Back to Godhead article that came out around 1978, in which we we used to, in that we used to preach. In those days, it, our, our Magda Godhead magazine, all this. It was just like Prabhupada used to preach. We didn't know it. We were less intelligent in those days. We hadn't dreamed up new ways to preach. We hadn't found out better ways to preach than Prabhupada. I am speaking sarcastically. So there was a very interesting Back to Godhead article by Satsarup Maharaj entitled, Who is a Demon? And he opened the article, something like this, that well, according to Vedic understanding, a demon is not necessarily a person with green body, and horns, and thick fangs, But it could be any person who we consider like a normal person. It might even be you, the reader. <laughs> and he went on to explain, what is a demon according to Bhagavad Gita? Those who are not devotees of Krishna. They're all demons. And then at the end of the article, so you have to decide. If you're a devotee of Krishna, then you are considered God. If you're not, then you're simply a demon. <laughs> so that's how we used to preach. Now they say that, well, you know, you shouldn't preach like that. People get upset, and how will we make devotees? In those days, we used to make devotees, no. now we become more sophisticated. So we just make half-devotees who don't really believe in the philosophy because no one ever preaches it to them. They are just it all. But actually, that's the fact that we may think, well, you know, he's a very nice person, a very nice gentleman. The people in this world, one is called godly. They are devotees of Lord Vishnu. And the other kind, they're just the opposite, and they're called demons. So we'll find that often people, they're very polite, and they talk nicely, yes, how are you? Pleased to meet you. All this kind of thing. And then we find out that they're an abortion doctor. Very politely behaved. Or they may think, you see, even an abortion doctor. Some time ago, someone introduced me. that This is one of my life members. So, he's a doctor. So what kind of doctor? A gynecologist. That means you do abortions, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. So I was telling him that actually this is very sinful. He and... said, no, no, actually we're helping. See, all these poor girls. You know, they didn't really mean to get pregnant. And, you know, who will look after the children and so many things. They have, they have their reasoning that it's better to kill the child, otherwise it won't get looked after properly. Very good reasoning. So like this, you see, the people are this, you see, this man He's a very respect- respectable lecturer in the university. He's teaching... Darwin's theory, very very good thing he's doing, giving people all this knowledge, but actually he's teaching something which is completely demoniac, atheistic, rascal. So he's by this so-called education, sending people to hell. And even someone who may not be so prominent as a lecturer or a... uh, gynaecologist, they'd be just you know bus driver. But they're also misled by this modern civilization. Everyone's eating meat and drinking and having illicit sex. Now, this illicit sex, it's all everyone's thinking it's someone else's daughter or someone else's wife, but we see there are so many abortion clinics. Maybe your very own wife. You never know. You don't know what's going on. Anything's possible. Your sweet little daughter. Such a nice young girl. We don't know. She's already had three abortions. This is the demoniac society. It's encouraging people to be demons. They may not be demons of the category of Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha, But the same mentality... Let me enjoy. I should enjoy. Doesn't matter. Let others suffer. This whole mentality, you see. Uh, Well, uh, I enjoy. I want to enjoy. So what happens? You enjoy and girl gets pregnant, she also enjoys. Now there's a, the natural result is a baby. But having a baby, that's not, that's not enjoyable for me. So kill it. Have an abortion. Then my life will be better. And they'll make a reasoning. Actually, I was really... I was completely selfless. I was only thinking of the benefit of the poor baby who I wouldn't be able to look after properly. Therefore, I killed him. And it only cost 90 rupees Very cheap. So, uh, this... uh, Even you see this morality, what they call... I'm a very moral person, but their morality is also based on their demoniac desire to enjoy this material world. Just like... They morally justify abortion and meat eating. You see, it's very good. You have to become strong. You don't have to become strong. You know, you don't, it's not that everyone has to go in for the Olympic weightlifting championships. Actually, they're, they're, no one should go. In. It's completely nonsense from beginning to end. But it's not even necessarily true that you become strong by eating meat. You're more likely to get worms in your stomach because meat is full of it. you see, I was brought up on meat. Look at me, you know. Just what they call a skinny whim. And you see the uh, elephant, he doesn't eat meat, he eats grass. He's very strong. Of course, the lion is a meat-eater, the tiger is a meat-eater. Then you see the elephant, the bull, they're very strong. They only eat grass. There's not even any protein in grass. That's the food, which is good for them. And anyway, what's this whole thing that everyone has to be big and strong? That's another symptom of the demoniac civilization. They put so much emphasis on how your body should be very big and strong. That's Actually, that's only required to have a big, strong body. That's only required for kshatriyas. And even you see shudras They can be very strong without having a very big body. You'll find that often the people who are working in the fields or the the coolies who are carrying big heavy weights, they're often very short and skinny, isn't that? They don't have big, huge muscles like this, but uh, they're very strong then oh, strength, what is is what? What is the point anyway? Strength you need either if you're like that, for a Kshatriya or, or a Shudra. That means either if for a fighter or for a laborer. That's all. Someone who's doing physical work. And uh, Vaishyas and brahmanas they work with their intelligence. Kshatriyas also work. Shudras they work only with the body. Vaishyas they work with the intelligence. Not highly developed intelligence, but intelligence. How to oversee Krishi, Goraksha, and Banija especially. Business that requires some business intelligence. Kshatriyas, they work with physical strength and with intelligence also. Kshatriya is not just some big oaf with a big strong body who just goes around beating people up he's not a bully and brahmana works with his intelligence so it's not required actually that you have have this super strong body and every woman is supposed to look super beautiful They they have to go to the beauty parlor Actually, if they're beautiful, then why do you have to go to a beauty pub? You don't need them, but that's just artificially to cover up, because they're not beautiful. They put so much emphasis, the whole modern society is simply this strong body and beautiful body for man and woman. It means that it's only based on sex. The whole society is based, the whole endeavor, everything is simply based on sex, which anyway, you do it, and you know, after, you know, you, you exercise for five years and eventually you get a big strong body and then eventually you you know, seduce some woman and eventually after so much effort you have sex and then it only lasts for a few minutes anyway. And it's, it's not as much fun as they make out anyway. And so our whole society is just based on this interaction of one skin against another. That pleasure is meant for the us people who are spoiling the human form of life. Nan maato na aligri na medhi su kam ki tu chum. Kandu yon eena karya iba kam tri panti neher klibana tri panti deha klibana bahudu kabaja kandu tiban mana si jang beshehte Maharaj says that the happiness which is based on sex life it is simply insignificant. So much endeavor. The whole of modern society. Get a strong body. Show you. You have your cell phone. You have your designer jeans. and Everything. It's all meant simply to impress the opposite sex. That's so, all. Which kind of car you're driving. You have to drive a fancy car. Because that will impress the women. Everything. It's all meant for that. Just meant for this. Very insignificant pleasure. That is meant for the creepiness, those who are spoiling their human form of life. Pralad Maharaj says, it's just, it's just, what is the satisfaction of sex life? It's just like you feel some itching and you scratch it. And you feel, ah, oh, that feels very nice. But as soon as you stop scratching, then the itching, your sensation gets worse. So in the same way, the happiness of sex enjoyment, you see, feel it. I have (laughs) some lust. So I have to fulfill it. But then when you fulfill it, then you become more entangled in suffering. Licit or illicit, sex life is always a cause of suffering. Illicit sex, that leads to all kinds of diseases, bad reputation, maybe the Relatives of the girl you misuse, they'll come and beat you. Or even if it's less, you have to go to so much trouble arranging a house. So many things you have to bring money. All simply for this itching sensation. So in the demoniac civilization, they put absolute stress simply on this one thing. There are many more things to life than sex. But in the demoniac civilization, it's the, it's, the, it's the only thing they focus on, in various ways. Just like you say, fashion, what is fashion? It's simply an arrangement to attract the opposite sex, that's all. So this uh, demoniac society, and then, as Talad Maharaj points out, it simply leads to distress. What they call happiness is giving distress to others. That is the pleasure of a demoniac person, giving distress to others. And everyone is mutually giving distress to everyone else. And then how can you expect any happiness? Even they make some rules of living. You can read these management books, how you should be nice to others, make a win-win solution, and all. but it has, it has no meaning in actual life. You can read all these management books about how you treat others nicely and then they treat you nice and all this. But it's all baloney. If you actually go into a company, you'll find everyone is just trying to push everyone else down. Maybe very politely. They're stabbing each other in the back. That's all. No one, no one cares for anyone else. It's just everyone is trying to exploit and use everyone else. That's all. No one cares. No one cares about you as a person. And therefore, you'll find that Audiences out there, someone in suicides, because uh, everyone's inflicting distress on everyone else. But by inflicting distress, either you're getting distress from others or by inflicting distress on others, at heart, you also feel distress. Because it's not natural to do so. It's, it's horrible. To be a nasty person, you'll find people, they take pleasure in being nasty. But actually, they're not happy. demoniac person can never be happy. This uh, anger is mentioned. So anger—that is the blatant manifestation of the demoniac mentality. It's the gross manifestation, and we see that all over the world. There are so many wars and fighting. There's another very interesting fact about Godhead article many years ago by Druta Karma Prabhu. This, this is the time when Ronald Reagan was the president of America, and Leonid Brezhnev was the president of Russia. Or whatever it was, president of the Soviet Union. Not Russia, at that time it was called the Soviet Union. So Druta Kama wrote an article, said that, well, you know, what's it? cause everyone was afraid at that time. Not that they're not afraid now, but they were very afraid. In Europe, everyone was sure most people were shocked. that it's only a matter of days or weeks or months before nuclear war comes and then we'll all be dead. We'll all be killed. So everyone was afraid of People who had more money, they were building very deep nuclear bomb shelters and all this kind of thing. There was so much afraid of it. George Harrison bought an island off the coast of Australia because he he. Just I'm giving an example, because he thought this is the furthest away from any nuclear attack that I could be. So he bought an island there. And he thought it lived peacefully there. But then everyone found out and all, they all people used to come in their boats and harass him. And so he couldn't stay there peacefully. So he went back to England to get the bomb dropped on his head. But the bomb didn't drop. Instead, someone came and attacked him with a knife. You know that about two years ago? Anyway, so they're all afraid. So this article, Dutra Karmapapur, well, why, why is this? Why? Why can't we just get Ronnie, maybe Ronald even, and Leonid together, let them, you know, get together and talk like decent gentlemen, and they can work out the problem and there won't be any problem. Why, why should there be such a problem? This was his proposal. But then he said, this can never work. They have their they have their meetings and their talks. The United Nations was formed with the idea that, well, we'll talk and then we'll work it out and then there won't be any wars. But there are just practically unlimited wars all over the world, everywhere. Either I, nowadays they don't even bother to declare war. In the past they used to declare war. They tell you, okay, we're we're having a war against you, and then attack. Now they do it around the other way. They just drop some bombs on you without announcing. And that way they try to wipe. The Japanese, I believe, started this. They started attacking Pearl Harbor. Of course, some people say it was the British who sent planes to attack Pearl Harbor just to involve the Americans. You never know. With these politicians, you never know what's going on. This whole thing, the, the Indian troops all went up to Kashmir and then they all, you know, they're all coming back. Who knows what the politicians are doing? You don't know. You can't trust these people at all. It's probably all worked out before between Musharraf and what's his name, Atal Bihari, that okay, we'll do like this and and it's all just a big drama. Who knows what's going on? Anyway, Druta Kama was saying in this article that it may seem very reasonable that we should just bring Ronnie and Leonid together and they will have a discussion and they'll say, okay, we won't drop any bombs Let's be friends, but it won't work. There's no way it's going to work. Why? Because you are controlled by your karma. If you have to suffer your karma, you have to get it. There's no amount of talking this, that. Let's be friends. Let's be peaceful. Let's be nice. Let's be good. You're killing millions of animals. And you think there'll be no karmic reaction? Just like the American public was shocked by this attack, 29-11, in which the, 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 the pride of America, the World Trade Center, was reduced to rubble. And this is terrorism. It's not right. We are good, nice, peaceful Americans doing business, benefiting the world by exporting McDonald's and Coca-Cola all over the world. You see, we're performing such a great benefit for the world. And these nasty, horrible, mean, uncivilized, inconsiderate Arabs, terrorists, came and without any reason killed us. <laughs> it's not fair. We shall teach them a lesson. We shall obliterate them, bomb them, smash them. Just to teach them, because we are good. We'll teach them not to be bad boys anymore. But they're not considering that they're also torturing animals their whole life. Torturing them. They're made pigs and chickens and cows. They're made to remain in Horrible, cramped conditions. They can't move. Even the chickens, they remove their beaks because otherwise they'll peck each other to death. They're so much frustrated the way they live. And then they just kill them and eat them just for the pleasure of their tongue. They're causing tremendous suffering in their whole society. They're promoting prostitution. They, they pay girls to have Babies outside of, outside of marriage. You know that? They pay them. If a girl in the Western countries, an unmarried girl has a baby, they pay them. They give them money. They're encouraging prostitution. And they're thinking, we are good, we are not... Nice. Why do they think they're good? Because they've made a society in which it's so-called liberal. Liberal means they allow you and encourage you to perform all kinds of sinful activities, especially sexually sinful activities. And now they say, now homosexuality, if you even say anything against homosexuality in America, then you can be taken to court and you will be punished. Because you shouldn't say anything. You see, sex is very good. Either, you know, front side, back side, male, female, anything. We should, you we should encourage sex. It's demoniac civilization. Yeah, it's such a situation in America you cannot even say publicly anything against homosex. It's a crime. Previously, it was a crime to have homosex. Now it's a crime to even say anything against it. And they are saying, this is the wonderful, advanced, modern, progressive civilization, and we have to export this all over the world. We have to teach others, just like they're doing a good job in India, teaching how teaching the women to be prostitutes and, uh, and uh, having everywhere, they've promoted this society where everywhere everything is advertised with sex. And this is advancement. So dem- this is a demoniac civilization. And they're not happy. And anger is the inevitable result. That unrestrained anger. That they will bomb. And you see, how America has been going on all these years anyway, because to pr- to preserve so-called democracy in America, they're all the time making wars here and there in other countries. So, and now that's another symptom of the deal. Hypocritical. So, we don't, it's not that we particularly have an America phobia. We're not against America. Actually, Prabhupada liked America, because they allowed him to spread the Christian conscious movement. But, but it just happens that they are the most prominent country in the world at the present time. Which is a demoniac society. So they happen to be the most visible example of demoniac life. But it's everywhere. Even you see in India, they're promoting all kinds, the, the, the present government is supposed to be Hindu. And they're promoting all kinds of demoniac things against Vedic culture. They're introducing that women, they should have a, they should have reservations, they should become politicians. That's not baby culture, that's not Hindu culture. They should be mothers, but they're encouraging them to become, to stand up in the parliament and shout and scream and become just like street women. And this they consider, that they should become politicians. So they're misguided, they have no idea. In the name they're promoting so-called Hinduism. They're, because they have no proper information, then they are simply demoniacally misguided see, this whole modern Hindutva movement, that's all based on this rascal Vivekananda, who was a complete demon. He himself was a meat-eater and uh, everything. He brought some... From all his so-called successful preaching in the West, he just brought some woman back from, from uh, the West, that's all. So, smoking, everything... He, He made up this so-called philosophy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you eat. He preached against vegetarianism. It doesn't matter what you eat. It depends what your consciousness is. You eat anything you like. And he made the Ram Krishna mission where the sannyasis are allowed to eat meat. If they want, they can eat. If they don't, they don't. If you want, it doesn't make any difference. And they maintain their charitable activities by running chicken farms. Murgi missions. So, uh, these people, they are posing as sadhus. But they're also demons. They're inflicting suffering on others. Inflicting suffering on the chickens. And teaching people that, well, you just eat whatever you It's okay. There's nothing wrong. Completely against Vedic injunctions. Totally demonic. And people think, oh, these are very saintly people. Why? I... I don't know, I can't understand why anyone would think that anyone who preaches that eating meat is okay and all paths lead to the same goal, which is absolutely opposite to what Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, and which is anyway completely ridiculous, completely nonsense idea. All paths lead to the same goal. Then why do you send your children to school? When they go to school or not, it's all the same, according to this nonsense philosophy. It's completely, I mean, even uh, if anyone has any common sense, you can understand it's completely ridiculous. But somehow people think that these people are sadhus. And they are they are the worst. I mean, Hiranyaksha, he was openly a demon. But these people, they are demons and they're posing as sadhus. They're posing as your well-wisher, but by their instruction you go to hell. They're more dangerous. They're very dangerous. Kaṁsa was dangerous, but Putana more so. This Kaṁsa you know. He was against Krishna. But Putana, she was very dangerous. She came like a friend. But her aim was to kill Krishna. And we should understand that this. What is the fact? Tasmā chastram pramanam. Kārya kārya Karyan karma Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. We should know what is the fact, what should be done, what is not to be done, according to Shastra. And those who are demoniac, they do not know what is proper and what is not proper, because they don't follow Shastra. Therefore, they can never attain Sukh or Siddhi or Paramgati. And that we see in the modern society. No one is happy. Everyone is miserable. Because it's the demoniac society. It's very interesting that in the purport of this verse, Prabhupada discusses the so-called independence of women, which is nothing mentioned in the verse itself. But Prabhupada gives us an example that the demons, they promote that women should be independent, even though according to Shastra, women should never be independent. The, the one verse from Manu or the line of Prabhupada repeatedly quoted that uh, what is it? Women should never be given independence. But the demons, they think, oh, if, you see this is unfair to the women. You should give them independence. They should be, let them live their own lives. No, that's not civilized. That is uncivilized. They should live a life in service to their husband, under the guidance of their husband. But that people don't want to be husbands. They want to be bachelor enjoyers. Why should I bother with them? If I have a wife, I have to take responsibility. So give them freedom and then we'll all enjoy them, one after the other. I'll enjoy this girl today, you enjoy that one. And then tomorrow I'll enjoy her and you take my girl. This is the modern society. Demoniac, and they say we're benefiting, we're empowering the women, giving them the power to become a prostitute. That's all. <laughs> In there, they use this language. We're we're helping the women, but actually, they are degrading them. Nowadays, women think because they see on the film and the TV that they have to dress up and they have to go out. Smile at a man, joke with him, catch him like this, one after the other. This is not the behavior of a respectable person. This is the behavior of a street girl. In Tulsi Das, Nam Charitmanas he has said that in Kali Yuga there will be no prostitutes. Because their job will have been taken over by the housewives. Every housewife is a prostitute. There's no more work, because the house, is there. it's just free, you see. Women, therefore, you can take, there's no, there's no feeling that this woman is already married, so, oh, okay, leave her alone, respect, no, oh, someone married, but anyway, what does it matter, the husband's not here, so, how are you, oh, very well, thank you, how are you, J- joking, laughing, demonic exercise. This Krishna conscious movement is not supposed to become part of it. Some of our foolish members think that we should... No, we have to compromise and we have to make them feel that we're normal and part of them. I I definitely didn't join this movement because I wanted to be part of this demoniac society. I wanted to be different. Let's get out of this horrible, demoniac, sinful, nasty civilization. Come to something better. Somehow, some... People who are officially members of this group, They think that, well, you know, you know, modern life, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, just mix with it and be part of it. Not me. I don't see the problem. He didn't come to teach you, yes, you, you know, divorce is okay and uh, everything's okay and do whatever you like and live like a cat or a dog and chant sometimes, if you feel like it. It's not what Prabhupada came to teach. He taught, Nayam Deho De Adhajan Nilok, Kashtam Kaman Arhati, Bhimbujanya, Tapo Divyam Putra Kamayena Savat, Shudyam Yasma, Brahmasokyam Tananda. Prabhupada taught us to come out of this cat and dog, stool eating, hog like civilization and take to Krishna consciousness. Tapo divyang, control your senses. Who wants to hear this nowadays? Even in ISKCO. If you preach, you have to control your senses and say, Oh, this is the old way of thinking. We used to speak like that in the 1970s. Now we are more modern, we are more advanced. We are out of date. So they say. They think they've got a better idea than Vyasadeva. So they become foolish rascals, even in the name of being followers of Prabhupada. So we shouldn't be like that. We should know what is what according to Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Don't try to be a better Acharya than Prabhupada. Don't try to be a, a better understander of the truth than Vyasa did. Actually, divorce is okay. and You know, the young girls and boys are daughters and sons. They should all mix up. It's normal, it's natural. You shouldn't try to suppress them. That's what they say. It's from the Western countries. Don't worry, it's coming here too. They have their program to pollute every all the members of ISKCON in India also. They're trying their best, so be aware. And actually, India—what what is India anyway nowadays? It's just the same. The only difference is in the West, they wear the, the girls wear this uh, pants and jeans. On here, some of them still wear salwar kameez. That's all. Otherwise, it's all the same thing. It's Just on boys mixing with girls and illicit sex, abortions, and everything. Completely, they lost it. Lost the culture. So our Krishna conscious movement is meant to bring this divine way of life. Not this, not the demoniac culture. We should know this so-called culture. Free sex, laughing, joking, boys and girls. Being friendly with other people's wives. This is all demoniac. This is not what the Acharyas have taught us. This is the path to hell. Tamo dvaram yoshitam sanghi sangam. Again, Vishamdev says that by associating with persons who are attached to women for sense enjoyment, that is the path to hell. Mahat sevam dvaram ahu tamo dvaram yoshitam sangi sangam. By serving the mahatmas, that is the path to liberation, and by associating with persons who are attached to women, or attached, even even those who mix up with persons who are attached to women for sense enjoyment. That is the path to hell. We should understand. Okay, Hariyash. Srimad Bhagavatam Kijani. Srila Prabhupada Kijani. When we say that, we should mean it. Not that we just chant Jai Prabhupada and then do everything different to what Prabhupada said. We should know what Prabhupada said and follow it. Hare Krishna. Any question here? Alright, we mentioned that there are two categories of people. The demon and the devotee. But there are some people who believe that there is a now and above. That stated, there are two categories of people. But within the demoniac class, that's also stated in Pāgavatam, there is the Bāla, that means they're fool, like foolish children. That's stated, Ishvara Thadadine, Shū, Prema, Maitri, Kripo, Yakaroti, Samadhyam. The Madhyamadikāri devotee sees God and loves Him. Devotees make friendship. The foolish people and he tries to uplift them. And then the out and out, totally asuram those who those are totally demoniac, he avoids them. So the foolish people, they are misled demons. They might be able to be helped by preaching to them, and try and help them, make them devoted. So there are subcategories. Definitely, they're not devotees of Krishna, they're demons. They may not be incorrigible demons. They may be corrigible. But if you're not a devotee, then you're a demon That's what Shastra says. And you'll see in the personality of these of people who are not Krishna conscious that all these symptoms are there. They have cha They don't know what is proper behavior, what is not. They don't know what's to be done. They don't know what is Shastra. They don't even believe in following Shastra. Actually, if you preach and speak to these people, many of these people you'll think in ordinary things they're nice and they're reasonable. You try preaching to these people and actually get to the point and, and try to get them to say, yes, you should surrender to, I should surrender to Krishna. And you'll find so many objections and so much nonsense, so much poison comes out. Or even they'll say, yes, yes, I'll say, yes, yes, we should surrender to Krishna, but actually we're all Krishna. So much rascalism will come out. It's there, but you have to preach to people and then you'll see where they're at. They are like, most people are not very active demons. It's like, you know, they've got the, the virus is sitting in there, but it needs, needs something to activate it. That's the preaching of a devotee, then it becomes active. It's like if you have malaria germs in your spleen but just sitting there. There's so many things. It's hepatitis C. It's sitting there. After some time it comes out. And then you suffer. Srila Prabhupada, even incorrigible demons, he was able to make devotees. But We're talking about But We are trying to come to that platform. Prabhupada came down from the Uttam platform to the Madhyam platform to preach. So that's Prabhupada. But for us, we are on the Kanishta platform and we're trying to come up to the Madhyam platform. So there's a difference. He's a Vaishnava chintamani, sarjamani, he can change demons. So that's why in preaching, actually the emphasis is there on distributing Prabhupada's books. And they work like that in many cases. And even sometimes you'll find some Prabhupada's disciples are empowered actually. they they can change demoniac people. Actually, anyone can, if if they don't think, I'm changing, I'm preaching. Anyone who goes out and preaches and they sincerely try to serve the parampara, then wonderful things can happen through them. As long as you don't think, I'm doing it, then wonderful things can be done by Krishna, by the Acharyas, through us. But if we think, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make some people Krishna conscious today. You'll never be able to do anything. Every book distributor knows. If you go out and think, today I'm going to distribute so many books, I'm going to be the top distributor. How many books do you distribute with that mood? Here's a 20, more than 20 years book distributor. If you think I'm going to distribute books, how many books will you distribute? 20. You're so pure, you don't have that horrible mood. But Maybe one or two. And you'll find that every, on that day you'll meet so many demons. They'll all be shouting at you. And, and why people, if you go out in a humble mood and simply pray, Krishna, please help me. Let me, let me do some service. I'm not fit to even touch these books, but somehow you're engaging me in this service. And so many books will go And then if you start to think, oh, I'm distributing so many books, immediately you can't distribute anything. <laughs> it all works by the Power of Krishna, actually. And Prabhupada was able to bring so many people, impossible cases, to Krishna consciousness because he only thought of himself as a tool in the hands of the Acharyas. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Again we'll say, Srimad Prabhupada Ki Jai. Hare Krishna. One thing. You want to sell them. Let's be frank. <laughs> you will benefit. You will benefit. We are not like Monday advertisers. You buy this product, you will benefit. They say. But actually, they want to say, I'm sure we have something that we are We say it does I can. Without shame saying that if you take these books, you will tremendously benefit, even though I love them.